Good evening, everyone. I'm Jax. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the first episode of Here for the Booze, a different horror podcast. Tonight, we're going to start by talking about me. So get your drink ready, and let's begin. Tonight, I'm keeping it simple with some Booyah from Rattusett Brewery. So, so good. Just to keep up with the theme of the boo. Moving forward, though, I will be making a drink and sharing the recipe with everyone. Since it's the first episode, I'll share the reasons why I decided to do this. In high school, I worked at a video rental place for years. Remember those? And I just fell in love with movies. Friday nights were lit if you rented at, well, if you went to a rental place or rented a movie. It was so great to talk to other people who had seen movies that I hadn't, and boy, do you meet some people. First time I was ever called the same word happened at movie scene, threatened to throw my computer out the window, and he waited in the parking lot for me to, like, until until it closed, all because he didn't want to pay his legit late fee of $80. Cops came, I'm fine, and he never came back. (laughs) At this point, it's 2002, aging myself, um, the internet was a fraction of what it is today. AIM, AOL, MSM Messenger, still new, no Facebook, not even MySpace, dial-up internet. (laughs) Word of the mouth was way, the way that movies got into the masses. Hearing about movies from friends, family, or reading Roger and Ebert's reviews, (laughs) I'm really aging myself. I remember as a kid walking around the video rental store and always ended up in the horror section uh, after grabbing Back to the Future Part 2 or Anne of Green Gables. That might have been the library. Um, Horror had the best video art. Dead or Alive, also known as Brain Dead, Peter Jackson. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. I always wanted to watch scary movies, but this kid threw up watching the Quicksilver episode on Are You Afraid of the Dark on New Year's Eve. So maybe I wasn't ready at that point. Jumped to when I was 13 and sci-fi, old logo sci-fi, was showing all the Child's Play movies. I believe they started showing them at like four. And it was like, it was a Saturday. I watched the first one thinking it's on TV, it's edited, the others are probably all right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) I barely watched the third one and after the second one. And by that point, I was already, I was at my aunt's for Saturday Night Cards and my parents and aunts, you know, my aunts and uncles and parents had all done together and played cards and I realized that it was a bad, bad choice to watch all of these After driving home, guys, I'm 13 years old. I could not sleep and had to sleep on the floor of my parents' room. No joke. There's another horror movie that I watched as a kid, but that's another story I'll tell later. I grew up watching old movies with my parents. Double Indemnity, Rear Window, Bringing Up Baby, Roman Holiday, Stagecoach, and If I Had to Remember, you know, those kinds of movies and some newer 80s movies mixed in. I got this feeling that movies... Were, you know, that movies were supposed to be clean and witty and suspenseful. What I, what, but what did I watch every day? Uh, under 10, I watched Batman, the 89 version with Michael Keaton, and Home Alone. <laughs> so that was me in a nutshell. Uh, but nowadays I watch at least five horror movies a week. Ones I've seen millions of times or others that I've never seen. 
I own the human centipede. <laughs> so that uh, little tidbit of information we'll talk about at a different date. But lastly, I, I love science, forensics, including psychology. Um, I don't watch reality TV, no hus- housewives or restaurants, just 48 hours, true crime documentaries, and fuck, that's delicious. Uh, I guess that's one reality show. <laughs> All right, so we are going to now talk about this first episode, which is 7852, the documentary about the shower scene and Psycho. It's 90 minutes, and it's about a 45-second shower scene, but this was such an epic part of movie history that it needed. It, it needs to be documented for sure. Um, before we go any further, there are spoilers about the documentary. So if there are things that you didn't know about it or want to know, watch, you know, listen to this later and watch the documentary. Or if you've never seen Psycho, you're going to find out some stuff. So definitely go uh, watch those first before you keep listening. But I do recommend actually watching the documentary before we talk about it, because then you'll get a better sense of where I'm coming from for the true appreciation of you know, what this documentary is actually, like, putting forth to us and telling us. So we're going to clear the air right now. They did use chocolate syrup to portray blood in this scene. So we were, that rumor at least was true. They cleared that right away. Um, also, it was filmed in black and, and white, which was odd for 1960, since color had come out in about 38 or 39. Uh, Hitchcock felt that the blood was, quote-unquote, too repulsive. So he knew that he was going to do something a little dark, and he could get away with that. Exactly why Quentin Tarantino did it in Kill Bill. It was named 7852 for the 78 camera setups and the 52 edits that it took to make this scene. So that was pretty, you know, rare for that time. For a short scene, all those jump cuts were definitely, definitely rare. Hitchcock actually specifically made this movie for the scene, and it was based off of a book written in 1959 entitled Psycho by Robert Block, Um, This movie had a lot of firsts, including the first toilet flush on scene when she rips up her little mathematics that she was adding up with the money that she had stolen with the car that she had paid for and I'm assuming the hotel room. But she flushed that down the toilet and that was the first time that was ever on. The opening shot of the movie is a post-coitus scene between a married man and the star of the movie, Marion Crane. So that was definitely... above the norm for 1960 you know people having affairs and that was not something that was openly aired um, and and discussed definitely not when we're jumping to the actual scene the editing cuts that they do snippets of her stomach and things like that it's interesting to find out that she had a body double she did not want to be on camera she did not want to be on camera naked like that with the knife. Um, her name was Marley Renfro, and she was the one that you'll see with the knife on the stomach and things like that. There's a lot of tricks that Hitchcock uses, including the dead space, when you're seeing Marion wash her the upper half of her body. You're definitely feeling a little uneasy because you're like, why is this such an odd angle when she's on the right side of the screen? Why is it dead space on the left? So that jumps out at you at first. (laughs) And the, you know, the voyeurism part of this is interesting because this isn't the first voyeuristic movie that Hitchcock has made. The first one was Rear Window, which is one of my 
absolute favorite movies slash Hitchcock movies, where Wendo has Grace Kelly and James Stewart. And, you know, this movie also shows that portrayal of a man looking and being curious about other people. And it's interesting, too, as Norman is about to look into Marion's room, he removes a painting. And the painting is called Susanna and the Elders, and it's about men spying on a woman while she bathes. So he removes the voyeuristic painting to become the voyeur. So that is just such an interesting little twist to how Hitchcock made these movies. And I honestly didn't find that out until I watched the documentary. So there's always things that you can learn about these movies or scenes or things like that by other people that can come in and tell you these things, you know, because Hitchcock is no longer alive. Janet Lee is no longer alive. Um, during this documentary, uh, Marley Renfro, the the body double from Marion, excuse me, Janet Lee, Marion Crane's character, um, you know, she was alive and she was able to talk about some things that were really interesting and give her portrayal of how they filmed it. And it was, it was really cool because this is such an old movie and to be, you know, this, this documentary was made in 2017. So for some people to still be around, it's, it's really great to hear their, their perspective of that. Uh, you know, the other part of the voyeuristic, um, part of this movie is that, you know, all the cameramen are watching her. The director's watching her, Norman's watching her, we're watching her. So it's this whole just, we're all just focused on her. And I feel like there had never been movies for that kind of point of view perspective, you know what I mean? The body double worked, uh, Marley Renfro worked for seven days. And the knife penetration, quote unquote, uh, shot that we see is actually a backwards shot of the knife leaving her stomach. And then they play it, quote unquote, backwards. So she, you know, if you, if you rewatch the scene, there's really no blood on her body. There's no blood on the walls. There's just the blood on the bottom of the bathtub that's sprinkled by, you know, supposed knife sta- like stabbings. But, you know, Janet Lee worked for 21 days, and the fact that the body double worked for a third of the time that Janet Lee needed to, and she was only in a 45-second scene, I think that that speaks volumes to the time that Hitchcock put into making this scene. Because, like I said, he did want to make this movie because of this scene. So he was definitely already thinking, like, okay, we're really gonna, we're really gonna do this. At the end of the scene when Janet Lee has fallen onto the floor, it took them 26 takes of that spinning shot, continuous, continuous <laughs> takes of that spinning shot around that's like kind of slowly circling her eye. That must have been torture for Janet Lee. I can't imagine being half naked, cold, laying on that floor, having to hold perfectly still and not breathe to get that shot, to get that perfect shot. Uh, so that's just, that's kind of crazy. And there's like a, a little flicker of her eye as the, la- as the last of her life is escaping. So that's kind of another purposeful moment in the movie. And to, to get those stab sounds that you do hear, they used a cassava melon 
along, like spliced with some steak, you know, a knife and steak stabbing sounds to get it to sound fleshy and thick. It was interesting how they tried to find that sound. I, I guess I never thought of movies needing to go that deep into what it's going to sound like, you know what I mean? And, and how we're going to portray that. I guess I always thought that there was a library of sound effects that you just, everybody uses the same one, but no, in this case, they definitely made their own. So that I thought was extremely cool. And you know, for 1960, that must have been extremely innovative for them to do that. You know, there's so much about this scene that, you know, it's just so artistic. You know, the shower head running at the end seems like it's supposed to be there, but they actually had to cut to the shower head on purpose right after that spinning scene that I was just talking about um, with her on the floor. They had to cut to the shower head because she took a breath, but I feel like I would have taken a breath way sooner than her because that just seemed like a very long time to sit there, or excuse me, lay there, you know, awkwardly over the bathtub too. She's, you know, half over, you know, and there's supposedly this, you know, other shot of the shower scene that we don't see in the 1960 version, but there, it was shot, quote unquote, um, but we'll never see any deleted scenes because they've all been destroyed because it's been so long. But in the new, excuse me, the remake <laughs> in, um, I think it was 1998 or 1999 with Anne Heche, uh, they actually did show that scene. And it's actually the overhead view of Marion Crane dead, falling out of the shower. And it exposed her butt, her exposes, excuse me, her buttocks and things like that. And that was way too much for 1960. They were like, it's bad enough that we're going to show this woman showering and then being stabbed out of nowhere. We can't also show this super vulnerable position. But, you know, the remake definitely gets mentioned in the documentary because they tried to make it still artistic in the way that Hitchcock had meant for it, but also giving it the new age, quote unquote, twist and... I don't want to say spin because they didn't change it, but, you know, the remake was, we don't have to talk about that, but, you know, the remake was okay. And I really can't say anything because I haven't seen it super recently. Um, but I do remember it being, unim uh, myself being unimpressed. Um, but it's also been a while, so please don't hold me on that forever. But, you know, I definitely recommend checking out this documentary. Like I said, this, you know, this, this movie was made in 1960. There's so many firsts that this movie did and there are interviews that Hitchcock is a part of that they show you um, and him talking about the movie so that's really interesting. His granddaughter is involved in talking about it because I think she was a young girl when this movie was was being done and she either remembers it or she definitely remembers her grandfather so it's really cool. There's also a lot of other people in Hollywood giving their opinion on it, other directors and things like that, that you might recognize by name or by picture. You know, this, this podcast is really to open the door up for people to appreciate horror, kind of like I do. You know, these documentaries that I watch and I may talk about with you guys are very, very interesting. But, you know, I, I do appreciate film and I really hope that 
you know, I can show you guys that horror isn't just a bunch of blood and guts. You know, it's not just stabbings and <laughs> things like that, you know, and I I want everybody to, to know that there is horror out there that everybody can enjoy. And it's not necessarily going to be the same that everybody else likes. And that's okay, because it's all still horror. And I hope that I can be the guide to get you in the right direction of what to get into. So, you know, definitely check out the documentary. Definitely rewatch Psycho. They don't play it on TV too much, unfortunately. Um, IFC actually had it on TV on the October 2nd uh, at about three o'clock and I definitely taped it and watched it last night. So I could definitely give you guys a really good review of the documentary because then I rewatched the movie. And they also talk about the movie because there's aspects of the movie that reflect off of Alfred Hitchcock's life, which is also another interesting twist. So, you know, definitely watch the movie, the documentary, let me know what you think about everything. Let me know what you want me to talk about or if there are movies that you want me to give a shout out to or review or check out if you don't think I've seen it. But I've I've definitely seen a lot. But I am going to leave you guys with a quote. I hope that I didn't take too much of everybody's time and I hope that you enjoyed um, the conversation tonight. It was pretty brief. I don't expect my conversations to go super long unless it's, you know, a crazy topic since it is just myself. But I will leave you with this quote uh, from Christopher Lee. And it is, uh, people should not pass judgment until they have seen the film. And from Master of Horror, I feel like that's totally appropriate. So thank you so much to everybody that has taken their time to tune in to hear for the booze. I really appreciate it, and I hope that everybody has a great night. Thank you.